pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of the J-Bear Podcast. Recording this on almost midnight on a Wednesday night as I'm with two of my brothers here as we are getting ready to depart out west to Manhattan, Kansas where we're going to be seeing uh, one of our brothers walk down the aisle uh, with the love of his life and uh, get married. Yeah, so we're, yeah exactly. We're excited, we're excited for all that, and uh, that's going to be coming up here in the next couple of days. But right now, we're going to be talking college football, something that we haven't really uh, had a chance to talk about uh, in a while. There were some surprises this year and some not. Alabama is really good. Shocker there. And, you know, some other teams, Ohio State's a very good offensive team. We all knew what they were going to be capable of. But then mm-hmm. our Kentucky Wildcats, Dave McVay is with me. Of course, yeah. we're, we're diehard Kentucky fans. and. Mm-hmm. Have been for a while, and Dave, let's just go ahead and start. And Andrew Lobner, Jobin, is with me as well. We'll get to Jobin in a minute and talk about his Notre Dame Fighting Irish and what we think of college basketball as a whole. We also have the Red Sox game on in the background right now, so Jobin is also slightly occupied by that. What's going on? Yeah, Yeah, slightly (laughs) occupied, but that's that's okay though. Dave, I want to ask you this: right now, we're ranked number fourteen in the country. We're five and one. We knew that this was going to be a solid team. We knew that this team was talented. Did you expect this team to be this good? Uh, they've exceeded my expectations by 110% because I remember, you know, we were going into the season. We just had no idea like how good they were going to be compared to last year. Cause you got to that point last year where, you know, we thought that they had the potential to get like an eight or nine win season. Yeah. And then, you know, I think we got to five and one or something yeah. and we came off the bye week in Mississippi state and just got flat out destroyed. Yeah. And then the rest of the season, I think it turned out to be 7-5, which is the previous year record as well. Yeah. So, you know, we didn't know how to feel because, you know, we kept hearing all the time, oh, this is a much improved team. And I was like, okay, well, you know, we got the same guys as last year. I mean, how how much difference can it be? And, you know, I mean, you know, players like Josh Allen, which we'll get to more later. Yeah. I mean, yeah. oh, man, he's AP number one. He's on the AP first team All-American oh. right now. And though I don't know the last time Kentucky had one. I, Matt talked about it on KSR yeah. today. Uh, what I forget what it was. It was a while ago. I mean, can you imagine? It's been how many years since Kentucky has had a first team All-American AP? I mean, it, it's 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 unreal. Like Randall Cobb was an All American, all purpose. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, on defense, I don't know when the last time. I, I, I mean, was. we're so used to talking about like first team All Americans for basketball, and it's just football. It's like, really, you know? And yeah. Josh, you know, Josh Allen. I mean, what a transformation he's made. Oh, in and, the last couple of years, and teams cannot stop him. No. I mean, he, he he does what he wants at will. That Mississippi State game. That Mississippi State quarterback was having nightmares about him. Yeah. Because everywhere, like he looked up, Josh Allen was just annihilating him. And it's like, yeah. well, okay. And, you know, you look back to the Florida game, too, and we're going to talk more about that yeah. as well. Yeah. That last play of the game, he forces that fumble and we win. And it's just th- those players like Josh Allen, obviously Benny Snell, yeah. big-time impact player. You know, Benny Snell <laughs> – he, does, he has just about the right amount of qualities and of running back to be good in the college level. He doesn't have that amazing speed nope. or that lateral mobility, but, man, can he run and hit a hole well. He's got great vision, yeah. attacks a hole well, and scores, and that's what we need him to do. Well, and, and, and exactly. You know, Terry Wilson, we'll mention him. He struggled at a and I mean, he did. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's just fact. Now, the fact is we played well at A&M in the sense of we kept it close. Our defense played great. Yeah. A&M's got a hell of a team, though. Well, I got to give AM credit because they were able to collapse holes faster than on any of our other opponents this year. Because when Terry Wilson was trying to run for first down, their linebackers closed that hole extremely well. 
well, and forced them out. And this is a team, you know, they're they're a legit team. Their two losses this year have been to Clemson, who's very, very good. Yeah. And then to Georgia, who's also very good. Oh, yeah. And they just went to South Carolina and beat South Carolina at South Carolina. That's not an easy feat. Yeah. And, and, and I'm just going to say it right now. We're, we're going to kill Mandy this Saturday. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. I'm, I'm already predicting. It, 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 it's a huge game. It, yeah. it, it's a huge game. But the thing is, a part of me, though, I almost have a feeling of like what Matt Jones and Ryan Lemon do. Yeah. And that is... You know, Matt talked about this today. Was he's like, there's just that part of me that wonders, okay, are they not? Please don't lay an egg. Yeah. Like this is the game you can't. But the fact is, if Kentucky comes out and plays their best, they're kicking our ass. Well, here's here's the difference between the Vandy game and the Texas A&M game. Yeah. You had to pass to beat Texas A&M. Yeah. Obviously, we didn't do a good job. No. Vandy has one of the worst rushing defenses in the country. So if I'm Kentucky and, and if I'm Eddie Grant, run the football down their throats I just say, every single play. If you throw the ball, he needs to get fired as an offensive coordinator. I'm sorry. I'm just because we have the speed to beat them up front. And we have the manpower. And, and honestly, AJ Rose is doing great too. AJ Rose, that one run he had in the South Carolina yeah. game. You look back at that. Yeah. And uh, to, to me, Kentucky, I'm so surprised by it. And it's so entertaining. You know, I'm a Colts fan, and the Colts fucking blow. And, you know, but the fact is, I, I was sitting there one time and it was the Colt, the Colts lost because their, their opening game, I think, was the week after the Florida game yeah. or the week of the Florida game. That was their opening loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. And I just I, like they lost to the Bengals and it sucked. Yeah, but at yeah. the same time, I was just also so happy because I'm like, you know what? I don't give a shit. Because Kentucky is good, yeah, and, and it makes it so fun. Like Matt talks about this on KS all the time. Yeah, well, this is typically we're talking basketball. What should we talk basketball a little bit? Yeah, if Big Blue Madness was. I last forgot week. Big Blue Madness was last week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was a great show, and we'll briefly touch on that at the very end. Yeah, but my thing is when I look at that, and like we're talking about Kentucky football, like this is something that people want to be talking about. We're, we are literally college football's darling right now. I mean, everybody's rooting for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've seen so much positive reaction. Obviously, the teams that play us are really don't want to root for us. Everybody else is rooting for us, so I take that uh, pretty well, and um, <laughs> and Louisville blows. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> Louisville sucks um, so bad. I'm really looking forward to that game and just wiping the floor of Bobby Petrino. Uh, it's a long time coming. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about you know Kentucky this year. I don't mm-hmm. want to talk much about the Central Michigan game because yeah. to me, to me, <laughs> there were there were some turnovers early by Terry Wilson, and then they put in. Um, I mean, you could definitely say the first half was so Kentucky football for basing it, on the past. <laughs> and the thing is, we still had the lead at the half. That was the yeah. amazing part because they put in Gunnar Hoke and Gunnar Hoke made a couple great passes at the end. But then the second half, Kentucky said, "Okay, that's enough." Yeah. So now let's get to the game you and I want to talk about. <laughs> and, well, I, I think like the, the, the problem with Gunner is like he had that great first drive, but he, people seem to forget like there's that one play where he almost threw a pick six. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, oh, and yeah. it, it should have been a, a, against a good team that is a pick six. Yeah. And the problem is with Gunner is like he's not able to stay as consistent as we need to in the passing game. Whereas you know Terry Wilson can use his feet every play to avoid you know some very talentless defender. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have to have one of those skill qualities and Gunner can't find the consistency. Whereas Terry Wilson, if he makes a bad play, he can just outrun people and yeah. get the first down. And a and was the, <laughs> the first team. He couldn't do that because A&M's right. defense just does that. Yeah. So now let's talk about the game we want to talk about. Oh, and, that, and, and that, and yeah. that, and that yeah. is against Florida. So you and I were at the game a few years ago. Oh God. And yeah. Where we had that game won. I mean, we had the drop touchdown early. And I was at the game last year, too. <laughs> oh. 
Last year's game. It's a great crowd, d- too. Last year's game was the most depressed I've ever been. I mean, and yeah. Matt Matt talked about it after after the game. Like he said, the fans leaving that they just said just sucked the entire energy out of the stadium. I, I mean, he said Lexington. He said he said he he said one time I think something on the lines of he said I bet in the cars driving home from that game I bet hardly anyone spoke because they were just, they were just so devastated after that. It was, just, it was a deflating experience. I mean, you know, you could hear a pin drop when you left the stadium. It was just that quiet. Yep, and uh, you know, it's just. And your forward kept saying, like, you know, 30 straight wins in a row. I mean, it's the most annoying thing you have to deal with. And coming into this year, you know, I, we, we had a lead. And, you know, I think you and me felt like, okay. Well, We've seen this we before. <laughs> We've you seen know, this before. You know, can we hold on? And then, obviously, Terry Wilson throws that one pick at the end of the first um, half. And we're just like, oh, God. Well, <laughs> and, and I'm going to say this. Here's one thing that did it for me, though. There were, there were three big plays to me. Yes. The touchdown pass to Bowden. Mm-hmm. The rushing touchdown by Terry Wilson, where there's the yep. example there. He, he extended that play because he, he had nowhere to go. And yeah, they, they couldn't stop him with his feet. No. Uh, he, was, out, he outran him. It felt so good because I think they backed him up to, like, the one-yard line. Mm-hmm. And he just runs right around, like, three players. And they both try to tackle him and fall flat on their face. It's a, it's a good feeling to well, see that. Well, and, and here's here's the other amazing thing that yeah. – the, the other amazing thing, the other big play. Mm-hmm. when So we're up 21 to 10. Florida scores a touchdown, and they go for two. Yep. We prevent them from getting the two-point conversion. To me, that was a huge play. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, any momentum stops like that yep. is essential when beating a team like Florida. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's interesting because, you know, everybody was saying, oh, you know, Florida, you know, they're, they're just terrible. So, well, not really. They're they're like, what, six and one? I'd say they, they just beat – they beat Mississippi State at Mississippi State. And, and they, they destroyed Tennessee at home. I and mean, then they beat LSU, didn't they? Then they beat, yeah, they beat yeah, LSU. Yeah, they beat LSU. So who beat Fort? Who beat uh, Georgia? Yeah, and so far it's still our best win of the year, and you know it's well recognized by every AP poll and uh, college football coach out there. So you know a lot of surprises to come. Um, and before, <laughs> I don't know. There was just it felt so good for the, you know to beat a team that you haven't beaten like. 31, 31 years. years. It, it, oh. let, let's put this way. Can what, you imagine how hard it would have been to recruit as a Kentucky football coach in 4-0 when the other coaches said, well, how are you going to go to a team that you know, we've beaten for like the last 30 years? Yeah, well, and That's just a huge uh, monkey uh, on the program's uh, I remember on the final – because Florida got the ball on the final drive where yeah. Josh Allen had the had the, 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 the strip sack. Yeah. And when they took the ball – and there was only like 40-something seconds left. Like, there was very little time. Oh, yeah. And – a lot of people were getting. I was not comfortable though. I, I pretty much was sitting there and said, "They're going to throw a hell of Mary. It's <laughs> like, be over." Yeah. I, I, I said, "I've seen this before." It's the Bluegrass I, Miracle Part Two. Yeah, yeah, the Swamp Miracle, and yeah. I just kept watching it, even even on that final play. And when that final strip sack happened, and then they first called it a touchdown. Yeah, I, I just kept sitting there waiting, <laughs> and I just kept sitting there waiting. Every roll is an incomplete pass. Yeah, I, I kept waiting, and I just kept watching it. But then suddenly, I kept watching it. And I remember getting a tweet from Matt Jones saying, that's a fumble. Because, of course, he's in Connecticut doing his show on Sundays. (laughs) And suddenly I'm waiting, and they're just like – and I'm waiting for the referee. And I'm, again, just sitting – I'm sitting – But isn't that the best way to be a uh, team you haven't beaten in, like, 31 years? Just the way that game ended. It it was – Fantastic! Like uh, because Florida didn't even realize that that was a fumble, and we went in and scored a touchdown on the last well, play. Well, well and, and here, here, here's the thing: when he called that, I mean, I jumped up and down. I was yelling. I'm Sweet like, revenge. "Oh my god!" Like yeah. I, I just kept sitting there. I'm like, 
We did it. Like it, it, it was one of those things. And that video at KS Bar of everyone throwing the champagne, Ryan Lemon with the shirt off, Drew yeah. Franklin. That to me is that I would have loved to have been in that place that night. And then whoever parked their car on State Street, oh. uh, rest in peace. Okay, can, can, can we address that real quick? Let's address this real quick, Joe. But I want to get your opinion on this too. So, all right. So Kentucky beats Florida the first time. You know, again, thirty-one tries. A kid had parked his car on State Street. Do not park on State Street. It's less of the day. I had to say, like, State Street is a place you don't park on football because that's where a lot of students go. Yeah. So to celebrate, Kentucky fans literally went out, and there's video of it oh, everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They literally went out, and this kid who had just driven into town to see his friend, they literally tipped over this kid's car. Yeah. Oh, my word. Yeah. <laughs> they got video evidence of was, everybody. Was he in the car when it no, happened? No, no, oh, no. Geez. He was just at a house when it happened. He didn't yeah. even know. Well, he didn't even know. Wow. And someone saw it on social media, and someone texted him and said, uh, hey, I think your car's kind of <laughs> Did he just not know, or was he trying to poke the bull, or the wildcat, so to speak? I, I don't know exactly. Yeah. I mean, no, no one really knows. It was literally, he got a text from yeah. someone that said, hey, bro, I think your car is getting flipped. And he's like, no, no, it's not. And he said, no, go outside and check. And he literally walked outside, and people were jumping on his flipped car. Wow. <laughs> and now, in, in retrospect, there was a car dealership in Lexington, which gave him a new car. For yeah, him. got a great oh, deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, those are the types of things that, Happen and you got to expect with a win in the past, you know, hadn't happened in the past 31 years. It has not right? happened. Just imagine that. All and a huge win for this year, right? Uh, uh, I mean, the Wildcats are what, 14th in the country? 14th because 14th. of the win, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Well, think about this. All three, of us, three, all three of us sitting here in this room right now, none of us were alive the last time Kentucky beat Florida. I mean, that's the amazing part right there. And what happens? A car gets flipped. You know, and it, then it kind of makes sense. I'm surprised more. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that, that's that, that's the real. I mean, that is the real amazing part there. And you know, to me personally, it, it was just such a special win. And you know, Jobin obviously yeah. being a Notre Dame fan, I know you've seen a lot of great, great games in your lifetime. Yeah. And but to me, I mean, you know, as Kentucky fans, when you see that happen, I mean, it, it just feels so special to be underdogs in moments like that. Yeah, know? I mean, and, it's and, been a long time coming. We were underdogs in every single game this year, oh. with the exception of Central Michigan and probably uh, Vandy. Yeah. And well, Vandy were a thirteen point, and then uh, the only particular win State. like five wins. We were hit it mid season. Yeah. So I mean, just ah. think about that for a minute. Like this is something like, and you, and you know, you grew, you know this growing up too, Joe. Kentucky has a chance this week. Assuming they win Saturday, they're already bowl eligible midway through the season. Yep. When the fuck has that ever happened? I mean, well, to be fair, I mean, we've had. We were five and one last season too, so it's come to the point of like, okay, can this team finish this yeah. season like they haven't done in previous years? Based on what I saw, just from the defense alone this season, I think they can finish. Strong. Well, because their hard, their hard part of the schedules at the beginning of the season, yeah, and they went five I, and one. And you got one more game where you could probably lose to Georgia. You know, it's, yeah, it's not I, bad. I, I, I'm going to say this: at Missouri will not be easy. No, Missouri, I'm, Missouri, I'm scared shitless. <laughs> say, Missouri has a very good offense, so at Missouri won't be easy. But uh, Drew has he been there for like eight fucking years? I mean, seriously, yeah. like. Oh, he lit it up last year in uh, Commonwealth Stadium. I mean, I think he threw like a touchdown. Oh, something like that. He threw like a touchdown. was like a 50-yarder at the end of the first half. Let's ask this for a minute. Let's let's all imagine this. And, Joe, I want your opinion here, too. Mm -hmm. Kentucky – let's say Kentucky wins the SEC East. Yeah. The SEC Championship is Alabama versus Kentucky. (laughs) Did anyone ever imagine that we would ever see that? No. (laughs) I mean, now. I mean, he's speechless. He can't even. I don't yeah, know the words out of his mouth. Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. 
And now, for the record, if that happens, we will lose by possibly 30. Because yeah. Alabama's, I mean, first of all. It, Can I just say, Alabama's so boring. I mean, you they win every game, and you know they're going to win. Not only do they win every Their game, they're not challenged. Too. They're not challenged yeah. in, in any game. I Coach mean, is like, you know, and I'm gonna, I, I got to give praise to Dan Mullen because Dan Mullen's entertaining to listen to as a Florida head coach. I mean, yeah, I, I hate Florida, but Dan Mullen's fun to listen to. He's like, yeah, our team's getting better every week. I'm so excited. And Nick Saban's like, well, we got a long way. So it's like, Nick Saban, shut the fuck up, dude. My God, you're winning. You're blowing people out by 20 plus points. Give your team some credit. Oh, I'm not satisfied. You know how many college coaches would be satisfied under your position? He right owns yeah. the, he, Well, yeah, no, go ahead. He owns that fucking state. I oh, mean, yeah. If, if he wanted something. just can't stand him. <laughs> if he wanted something done, like, honestly. Like, He's a great coach, though. We'll do oh, no, no. Okay. Yeah. In my opinion, Nick Saban's the greatest college football coach of all time. Yeah. I mean, I just don't think you can. Because don't forget. Yeah, he's won national championships at Alabama, but he also won a national title at LSU. So it's not like this is only Alabama. He's won a national title everywhere. But just go back to my point, that would be me boring. I just don't – every time they're on TV, I'm just like, okay, what else is on? I always ask that question every time they're on TV because I already know they're going to win, like, he mm-hmm. them out. And even Alabama fans have admitted, like, yeah, these games are kind of boring, hence why they didn't show up to uh, the Louisiana-Lafayette game because they already knew they were going to blow them out. So I think – Alabama fans are bored of their own what, what do you What do you think a team like Louisiana Lafayette says going into the Alabama game? Like, okay, guys, let's try hard. Pretty much. I mean, well, and yeah. they're probably getting paid well to do it. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, Alabama's just so good they're boring. I mean, they got the top-notch quarterback that just – Dude, he is a stud. Yeah. To a Tongo – Tonga Booga Booga. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. I know Nick Saban enjoys the recruitment process a lot more than the draft and free agency. Yeah. Yeah. The NFL, I'll tell you school. that. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it, it, it is unbelievable to me. I mean, Nick, Nick Saban, the fact is we have to, whether we like Nick Saban or not, we have to give credit. I mean, the fact is he's a great coach. I mean, yeah. no one can deny that. He's the best in the business right now. I think well, he's, he's going to shock the world if he be out there with that way. No, I'm just kidding. They're probably <laughs> but If that happens. <laughs> they have to, like, Make like five turnovers and ten turnovers. I, I'm just gonna say. I'm just gonna say this right now. If somehow, if, if Kentucky makes the SEC championship, which is yeah. possible, yeah, and then possible. they somehow knock off Alabama, any car in any street in Lexington <laughs> is getting flipped. You know, yeah. busy dealership. Like, yeah, like yeah, no doubt. It, 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 I mean, I might want to park my car on State Street if I'm gonna get here, right? I mean, hell. Well, and that's the thing. Like, they talked about it after the, after the day after the Florida game. They talked about the video. It went viral. Yeah. And Drew Franklin was like. Okay, what the hell is that kid doing partridge? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, why are you parking on state? Apparently, he didn't know about it. Like, he, I think he was just from a different college. He's like, hey, come down to the UK for a weekend. And he's like, okay, I'll park here. And then I feel like he should have realized when he saw no cars parked on straight street. Maybe this is not a good idea. <laughs> and then when he goes outside, hey, buddy, I think your car is getting flipped. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I, my, my former colleague, Dave Campbell, who's now back at the Madison Courier, yeah. he and I talked about it. I said, you think at the end of the day, this was just a long con? For him to get his car destroyed, so that way a dealership would give him a new car. Like, do you, do you think that this was just a big con through that entire thing? I'm gonna pull up the rest of the Kentucky football schedule. Yeah, and we're, we're just gonna rattle off yeah, which yeah. games we think we're gonna well, win. Well, let's, let's see. Okay, so we have Vanderbilt this Saturday. Right. We both say win. What about you, Joe? You saw Vanderbilt play against Notre Dame. What do you feel about? Them? It's at Commonwealth Stadium at UK. Yeah, yeah you know. Uh, that's a good question. I say the Wildcats come away with a win, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think it's an easy one. And, you know, one thing that really shocked me in watching the not only the Notre Dame-Vanderbilt game, but also when they played Georgia was yeah. um, not only how close the Notre Dame game with them was, but 
after having that game, obviously Vanderbilt played Notre Dame before Georgia. Also surprised about how far of a distance there was in that final between mm-hmm. Georgia and Vanderbilt because yeah. I honestly thought uh, Vanderbilt's pass defense played very well against Notre Dame. They held mm-hmm. the receivers mm-hmm. uh, to very low yardage, which are a very talented group of uh, receiving core right, yeah. that uh, Notre Dame has this year. Um, and and honestly, I was I was just shocked after watching the game. You know, I think part of it was uh, Brandon Wimbush. When he was still the starter, I'd say course, they had, that they had the a different quarterback. The season, there, yeah. Yep. So yeah. We, we still had Wimbush, who, you know, last year his completion percentage, I think, was 49% through the whole season. Okay. So I had a lot of trepidation. I was very nervous about him coming into this year and glad we moved on to Ian. But basically, all I'm trying to say is that I think the score and the game being so close between Notre Dame and Bandy was partially a result of just Notre Dame's offensive ceiling being capped by Brandon Wimbush being the starter yeah. instead of Ian, right? We just have um, less of a of, of a good opportunity to score more points with Brandon and now obviously a better opportunity with Ian. So I think that's part of why the game was so close. But like I said, I think their, their pass defense just – Played a good game, yeah. And um, and even though they weren't, uh, you know, I think they ended up with maybe 17 points that game. It, it looked, you know, somewhat low scoring. I thought their offense looked really well against a, you know, I would say an elite defense that Notre Dame has this year. <laughs> um, their their receivers played great. Um, they got down early. I think it was 16 to zero is what they got down to Notre Dame before they finally scored uh, their first points. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was kind of a you know a situation where they had to abandon the run early mm-hmm. at least somewhat so their running backs didn't quite get the you know fair chance to establish the run game and mm-hmm. um you know get a bunch of rushing attempts but their averages ended up being very good yeah um and i thought that the, the running backs when they did get the carries were carving up notre dame's defense well, so that's what well, shocked well, me and, and i, and I want to throw this out too vanderbilt has a very very good running back I mean, yeah. that, that, that is their weapon and yeah. you, you know that's what kentucky will have to stop if you stop that running back you beat them by Three touchdowns. Yeah, you know, I think but, if it's a shootout, Kentucky will still win with their running backs, anyways. Because, because like you said, I just Vanderbilt don't see them stopping the run. Yeah, Van, nice. Van, Vanderbilt's rush yeah. defense is terrible. So but yeah, the pass defense. What you're saying, that's the one thing that stuck out to you most. But when Notre Dame ran on them, did you notice like that they got out muscled on the line of scrimmage their defensive line? Or? Yeah, yeah, I I did <laughs> notice a lot more success on the on the run game for sure okay. uh, than the passing attack for Notre Dame. And you know, the one thing I would say too is um, if it's a similar situation where Kentucky gets ahead early, you know, I think the, the same thing happens where, you know, the running back just doesn't get the, the rushing attempts and the ability to get the run game going as much. And so you kind of, you know, make their offense one-dimensional, you know, which yeah. is, you know, kind of an easy call, right, if somebody's right. Uh, down well, early. I, I'm, I'm predicting, if you want my final score, I'm sure. going Kentucky 28, Vanderbilt 17. 28-17, Kentucky. Is what I think the final score is going to be. Yeah, I'd go like 35-21. 35-21? Um, I think they'll put some points on the board. We, we might get a little lazy going in the second yeah, half. Yeah, that, that's what I think. I think they'll get lazy in the second half. But first. then again, I mean, you know, Josh Allen, that defense, I mean, they held Texas A&M to like 20 points. But, you know, last position they gave up the yeah, prize. Yeah, so well, you never know. I mean, that our defense plays extremely tough. So, yeah. you know, it can definitely change. But for the rest of the games here, we've got uh, Missouri. Uh, Missouri. After, uh, th- that's going to be – to me, that that's is, at Missouri too. Yeah, and that's the thing. It could Drew, be a loss. Drew, Drew Locke is is tough, man. That that is a really good offense. He lit us up in Commonwealth last year. Yeah. And here's one thing that I will say about 
about this though as we both are watching Quint as we're all watching to see how this game's going on the TV. Yeah. To to me, Kentucky's defense though is so much better than yeah. last year. So that's why I do have some co- a lot more confidence in that game because our defense is so good. I mean, we've been pretty good against the past. I mean, yes. Jake Bentley at South Carolina, he only had like one play. Yeah, well, and, and Nick Fitzgerald didn't do yeah. much in, for, for Mississippi State. So, so to, to me, and to me, that's how you beat Missouri. If you shut down their pass game, they're nothing. Well, they've, they've got that one huge tight end that has that long yeah. man that I can't pronounce. Yeah. who's just a major he, target, and, gets he, a lot and of he's yards. good. I mean, yeah. and he's good. He's going to be tough to guard, and you know that's where Kentucky. Yeah. You know whether you go man or whether you go. Who do you zone. match up with him though? I don't know. <laughs> Not Westry, I don't think. <laughs> I mean, Westry. maybe jo- probably Jordan Jones. Honestly, I'd say Jordan Jones probably. Okay. I'd say he'd be best because Jordan Jones. He's going to get some catches. We just got to limit the amount yeah. of catches. Yeah, I agree. So Missouri, I'm going to go win. But I'm not as confident about it. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go win, but I think it's gonna be close, and I could very easily see Kentucky losing that game. I'm gonna probably say loss uh, for now. Right. I mean, I, I, I always want to say win, but I, I just think like their ability to put up points and the way they have, and you know, it could definitely be a potential loss. Uh, and then who else we got on this list? Here? Well, we'll have, we'll have Georgia. Georgia. After- I'm gonna, Georgia's a little bit more winnable now after well, you because, saw their performance. Yeah, because yeah. and it's at Commonwealth. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be probably I, I don't know if it's gonna be the CBS game or if it'll be at night on ESPN. But that place is sold out already. It's gonna be loud. Oh yeah, it's gonna be packed. The question is: Is their rushing defense as good as Texas A&M's? I don't know. That's the thing. Yeah, I I just don't know. Because if they are, oh, we're in trouble. I, I, I'm <laughs> gonna right now. I'm gonna say loss just because okay. to me Georgia's Georgia's still very good. So yeah. I'm going to say loss. I still think they're the second best team in the SEC. So I'm going to say loss, but I think it's going to be close. I'm going to say loss too, but anything can change from here until the floor again. Yeah, I really want to see how they play right, Florida. Right, right. Uh, Middle Tennessee win. Easy win. win. Van- Vanderbilt. Who, who, who's even on Middle Tennessee? Yeah, but I'd say Vanderbilt <laughs> actually beat them early in the year. Um, Tennessee. At, at Tennessee. Now let's talk about this one. Mm-hmm. At Tennessee. The, the, we have not won really suck the, anymore. That's well, for sure. We, we 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 have not won there since 1977. Tennessee, like you know, you've heard we've all Which heard makes it a much more of a must win game. <laughs> yeah, it makes it a mu- extreme must win. And yeah. here's the thing, also, people like Tennessee. I think they're shit this year personally, but they gave Auburn everything they wanted this past must, weekend. It just must be terrible being a Tennessee fan. I mean, you won, <laughs> you won your last championship in 1998 and. Just been mediocre. Yeah, pretty since. more or less. Yeah, yeah, that huge stadium you can't fill up every year, and it just. <laughs> I, I, to, to me, I go. I actually not only do I think Kentucky. I, I don't like Knoxville. I, I visited Knoxville, and it, I, it was just gray, murky, and ugly, and it's just hilly and Lexington all the way. <laughs> I, 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 I'm gonna say this. Not only do I think, I, and I'm making a bold. Not only do I think Kentucky wins that game, I think Kentucky makes a major statement. I think they kick their ass that game. I, I, I really, I think Kentucky stomps them that. I think um, that game can actually be a little bit closer. Uh, I know we like to highlight the Florida game, but let's remember, I mean, Tennessee fumbled the football on their own line of scrimmage, yeah. their own yeah. goal line. So, yeah. I mean, that's how Florida put up so many points. So, um, I think it might be a little bit closer, but I think we can definitely pull it out and win. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what, and this seems like a good year for Kentucky to break some losing streaks. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So, well, and we, now we're never really. Well, yeah. and, and really, and we were talking about stuff in our lifetime. Kentucky's only beaten Tennessee twice in our lifetime. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you were at the first when they broke the streak. You were there, right? I was, yep. Yeah, Storm Field. 
I, I remember that. First time I ever did that. <laughs> and, oh, I remember that. I remember we that. beat an unranked team that's less five and seven this year, and we're storming the field. Okay. Unfortunately, <laughs> there weren't any cars on the field. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> that's true. No. All right, so that's that. Let's go to Louisville. That's our last game of the year. Yep. Um, well, I, I, I think th- you've seen more of Louisville play. I want to get your opinion on this. To me, Louisville sucks. I mean, Louisville. Here's the thing. I, I want. I want. I want to put this. In math, and Jobin's the better math guy than I am. But when they play, they lost to Georgia Tech, sixty-six to twenty-one, I think, sixty-six to twenty-one yeah. or sixty-six twenty-two. Yeah, with that, <laughs> Georgia Tech passed the ball one time in that game and put up sixty-six points. Yep. Kentucky has one of the top three running backs in the country. Yep. All I need to say right there. To me, I, I do think the game could be close because that is such a rivalry game. I mean, kind of like a, two years ago. Kentucky beat him there with Steven Johnson. Yeah. And oh, that, was that, that was such a great game. Because the fact is, it's that. And then last year, you pretty much – it wasn't even a game last year because they were more worried about wanting to beat the hell out of each other on the sideline with trash cans. I mean – What is uh, Louisville's record right now? Um, uh, I want to say they're like two quick. and four real quick. Two and four. Um, okay. And let's see. You got a 3-1 count here. I'm watching here while we check Louisville's schedule. Bases are loaded. This is huge at bat. Ooh. So let's see. That's a that's a close yeah, that's a close check. That's a, that's a close check yeah, swing right there. Brock went. No. Huh? Yeah, they're two and five right now. Louisville's okay. two and five. That's two a, and five, six in the. I would uh, tell you this. Game. That being in Louisville, I bet there's going to be a ton of blue in that stadium that day. I bet there will be a ton of blue. And the question is, are around. Louisville fans now sick of Bobby Petrino to the point? Yeah, 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 I I know they are. My my, fr- my friend uh, Blake Renfro, he lives over in Trimble County. Mm-hmm. He's a huge Louisville fan. He wants Petrino gone. But here's the problem: Bobby Petrino's buyout right now, thirteen million dollars. Yeah, and the board the board of trustees has basically said we cannot afford to fire him. Yeah, it's an expensive fire. Yeah, when you put it that way. And because Bobby Petrino will say, okay, yeah, you can fire me all you want, just give me thirteen million dollars. I mean. Yeah, you, you know, it just goes to show they paid him too much in the beginning. Well, well, well the problem is it's when Tom Jurich was still the AD, and Tom Jurich was a was I mean, he was a good AD. I mean, I'm not going to de- take that away from him, but he's a fuckhead, and yeah. he. Bobby, we know you're an asshole, but we're going to hire you anyways because you, you kind of win. Okay. <laughs> just, remember, just remember, Joe B. Hall, who coached at Kentucky back in the '70s and yep. won a national title in '78, mm-hmm. he tried to get. He wanted Bobby Petrino as the head coach. And Mitch said no. <laughs> and Mitch Mitch said, absolutely not. Yep. I will not hire him. Yep. And well, that wouldn't have been crazy. It'd be like Rick Petino at Kentucky. Mm. Except it'd be in football. Rick <laughs> Petino, man. Oh, well, that's a story for another time. I had to say, we could we could do it. We could yeah. we could all do a three. We could talk an hour about Rick Petino's Twitter page, but we're not going to. So <laughs> I just want Joe, and I know you're not on social media, but Brick uh, Patino calls his Twitter followers Petweetos. Oh boy, I think that tells you everything you need to know Petweetos. about that situation. What is a Petweeto? <laughs> what is wrong with this man? Like, is he like a special? He's kind got of... the biggest ego I can ever think of any college coach. Well, and, and the sad part is, I remember when he would, when Georgia was possibly looking at hiring him because yeah. Georgia would hired Tom Crean, and when. And he's so full of shit too. He's like, yeah. "This is my last interview," and then he has like two more interviews the next week. Yeah, with Terry, with Terry Miners, <laughs> and then with Captain Suntan and all that. But and he's 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 asking us to trust and believe him when he lies about shit like that. I'm like, oh, "Come on, Rick." 
Yeah, just order. Not a good recipe for success for a leader. Well, well, well no. here's the thing about Rick, about Patino though is I said I mean can you not lie for 15 seconds, Rick? Well, yeah. But no, <laughs> I, people said this like about about Patino when he possibly was looking at the George job. I, George job, I said hire him, hire him, please. But my dad brought up a good point. He's like, look, you're sitting there and saying hire him. He's like, whether you like Patino or not, Patino could coach, and Patino was a good coach. I yeah. mean, you, you, we cannot take that away. I mean, yeah, the man could coach. Yeah. I mean. And he was great. And, you know, I will, I am appreciative of what he did for Kentucky after the Eddie Sutton area era. I, I think we owe him that. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, he's burned a lot of bridges. If he had left Kentucky, but he had still respected Kentucky, like here's, here's an example I use about him. When uh, Bill Kitely died, Mr. Wildcat, which he yeah. died after Billy Gillespie's first year at Kentucky. Yeah. You know, he came back and spoke at his memorial. And he was very emotional. To me, I'm like, okay, that's the Patino that Kentucky fans love. That's that's what people want to see. But to me personally, it, it's like it, it, he just again, he's a complete, he's completely full of shit. And <laughs> yeah, it, you know, the fact is, he is married. He has kids. I mean, I don't feel too bad for Rick Patino. He still got his nice uh, Miami, Florida house. And his, his, his net <laughs> his net worth, I might add, the last time I checked, was like two hundred something million dollars. Yeah, Patino is doing poor just fine. Just yeah. saying. All right, and I'm driving a, a rear-ended car for crying out loud, so I, I feel terrible for him. So we've <laughs> talked about Kentucky football. Dave and I have made our predictions on what we think is going to happen the rest of the year. He yep. and I, are, he and I are excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think yeah. nine and three is very possible. Yeah, I agree, nine and three, and I think ten and two is possible too. I yeah. think it, both are very possible. It, it is very possible. So, um, real quick, have you been to KS Bar yet? I actually have. Yes, you have been to KS Bar. <laughs> so, what's KS Bar like? Um, great uh, atmosphere, great environment. Uh, the fans really respond to the KSR logo and brand. Uh, Matt Jones actually had his uh, pregame show out there and. Uh, really? a huge crowd and people having beers, uh, buying beers and just having a good time. And, uh, yeah, I think somebody like Matt Jones is a very intelligent businessman. He soaks it all in and enjoys every bit of it. I, I'm going to say this right now. I really hate when people say Matt Jones is a dumbass. To me, that, that may <laughs> – No. Like, he is – like, just real quick, I want to preface this. Yeah. Matt Jones was one of – he graduated from Transy back in – it was in the 90s when he graduated. Yeah. He then got accepted to Harvard Law School. The only reason he didn't go to Harvard Law School is because Duke offered him a full ride. Yeah. So he went to Duke, got a full ride scholarship to law school, practiced law, and then on the side was writing a Kentucky blog called Kentucky Sports Radio and then started a podcast. Yeah. And, and I then, think what, what distinguished him the most compared to other Kentucky sports writers and media outlets is like he was willing to talk to things that other Kentucky outlets wouldn't talk about. Mm-hmm. And he's even admitted it. The reason he got popular is because of the Rick Pitino trial. Yep. Because he said the things about Rick Pitino nobody else would say, and that's how he got popular. Well, and the day after Jurich got fired, yeah. he walked on the air and said, it's a long time coming. Yeah, and, and he went over like, you re- we don't really realize the shit that Jurich put Matt Jones through. Mm-hmm. And Matt Jones, to me, I know you got to meet him one time. I've talked to him on the yeah, phone. Yeah, I took a picture of him, too. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I've <laughs> talked to him on the phone during his shows. Uh, we've sent each other messages. I'm a little nervous to call him because the last two calls, like he kind of called me out of my <laughs> Well, he's good at that. He, he's good at that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and, and, but, you know, to me, I remember on your picture, you posted a picture with him. Yeah. And there was a comment on there said that someone knew his family and said that they're a terrific family. Yeah, and Matt is a terrific person. Comes from a family of lawyers. His mom, yeah. his mom, his mom was the first female prosecutor in the state of Kentucky. Yeah, and I, I think that's awesome. Big man. title, mm-hmm. and and that's Middlesbrough's in Bell County, right? That's Bell. Is that Bell, Bell County? County? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, to, to me, and here's the thing, Matt Jones. I also, from what I see, 
It looks like he very rarely will turn down pictures. It looks like he takes pictures with him. Yeah, he's he's open to everybody. Um, well, because he understands that the fans are the reason he has his he's, – he's successful. I mean, he told me, he says, you know, you show him respect, he'll show you respect. If you're going to be a jerk, he's going to call you out on it. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, you know, to me personally, and Joe, and I want your opinion on this. And this goes to the discourse as a whole, and we're going to get to hot topics here in just a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, Matt was at – Matt, when he does the show, what he does is he sits at – he sits at uh, the media table and then he leaves to go prepare for his uh, for his uh, p- post game show because he does it every day. Mm-hmm. Well, the, he was off this game for the post game show, and so he got to uh, he went and watched the game with his uh, with his parents. He just went as a fan. Well, he went he went he went to the bathroom and he had, he got into it. He uh, pretty much it got into it with a guy in the bathroom, whatever. But Matt was willing to let it go. You remember this story. And he goes and gets in line because he's going to get some M&Ms and a Diet Coke. And Matt's joking around, and the workers recognize Matt. And they're like, hey, we love the show. We love the show. And Matt's like, oh, thank you. Well, the guy standing next to him, Matt's just being sarcastic. He's like, hey, this guy's a really big deal, pointing at the guy that he had kind of had a conversation with in the bathroom. The guy responded with, and I apologize for the wording if this offends what I'm about to say on, on this podcast right here. But the guy looks straight at Matt and says, you're a faggot, you know that? Right there, and then there are kids behind him that could hear it. And, mm-hmm. I, I mean, look, people are going to call people that, and it's unfortunate when people call gay people that because it's being a bully. I've, I've been called that by friends and whatnot. But when you call someone that just straight up to insult them in front of kids, to me, I just don't see that as acceptable. I yeah, yeah. You know, I'll be honest with you. Comments like that, and when we were just talking about a little bit ago, um, whoever was saying, or, you know, talking about people in general calling Matt Jones dumb, I think statements like that say more about the person who's yeah. saying them than actually Matt Jones or whoever they're directed at, you know. I, I, and Matt just looked at Matt just, by the way, he's like, I cannot, he's like, how can you say that? He's like, how can you just flat out say that right here? Well, I think there was a little bit of jealousy when people say that as well of Matt Jones' success. Um, he's extremely successful, yeah. and he's worked hard at it. And the thing is, he's very low key. He doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't flaunt everything. In fact, if anything, like one thing Ryan talks about all the time, how he will buy stuff for people. Like he buys beer for people at remotes. Like when they have their big KSR end of the year dinner, he buys all that. Because he just wants to show people his appreciation, and, that and he'll, me, he'll drag uh, people like Ryan or Lemon along on a road trip that he doesn't want to come on. But you know, <laughs> well, and, and here's the other thing, and Joe, yeah. and you'll go like this. He's a very strong Christian man. Very, he talks about his faith quite often. Oh, yeah. And I will, and I know you. You listen to it almost every day. Yeah. That tribute he did to John McCain was awesome at that that one day. And you know, God, God loved John McCain. I mean, he he was a hero. I think that's something we can all agree with. Yeah, and well, you know, yeah. And, 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 and to me, and Matt's a Democrat, and he was he did a really touching tribute. I know he's considering running for set. Matt Jones, please stay in radio. Just just stay in radio. <laughs> Don't go to the White House. Just <laughs> I I know you want to get Mitch McConnell. I don't beat Mitch McConnell's own game, but come on, man. <laughs> do, you, do you think he can beat Mitch McConnell? No, he can't. Uh, Mitch McConnell's uh, already shown that he's the most powerful man in Washington. He just had a major victory in the Senate. Well, we're, just, we're we're going to talk about that in a minute. Yeah. So let's let's save that. Um, and also because I'm selfish and I just want him to stay in radio. Yeah. You know. Um, so. <laughs> Joe, I want to get your opinion on this before we get before we briefly touch on college basketball. What we think college basketball is going to be like this year. So Notre Dame football, they're well, they're doing very well this year. Could they make the playoff? Absolutely. 
you know, and I, I'm, I'm very excited about them. Um, even in a way I would say, which, you know, might come as part of a, or, you know, somewhat of a shock, but I'm more excited about them even than uh, the perfect season they had a few years ago, at least perfect season during the regular season. You mean the one they played Alabama? Right, right. And that was the year I actually was a part of that um, double or triple overtime game with Stanford. Oh, yeah. Um, I was there in South Bend watching that game, actually with uh, with Angelo, uh, one of our fraternity brothers, and then another a buddy of mine, Tyler. Uh, we got like 12 row seats. It was amazing. Kind of a rainy day, but... Um, you know, obviously very exciting game, uh, potentially, you know, maybe the ex- most exciting of the season, just based on how it turned out with the overtimes. And even, you know, with that said, with being a part of that experience, um, just, you know, going to say that I'm very, very excited about this team this year. And the reason for it is I think the defense is serious. Um, I think, you know, there's some very, very high expectations for them uh, as far as the defensive side of the ball. Um, and that coupled with a pair of, honestly, I think a great duo of running backs, not just one, but, but uh, both of them uh, who are fantastic. Um, you know, and, and I talked about our, our receivers earlier. They honestly kind of, you know, remind me of tight ends um, somewhat, you know, more of like a Jordan Reed role instead of more like a, a traditional receiver. Um, but I think with, with Ian book coming in over Brandon Wimbush, uh, I was talking about earlier about being a little nervous about Brandon being the starter. I think that was a good move, uh, just because of his accuracy and throwing a bit the ability compared to Ian's. Um, I think that raises our offensive ceiling and with the level that our defense is playing at, I absolutely think we can make the playoffs. Um, I, I am more, um, hesitant and nervous about our offense, even with Ian, Ian being in. And like I said, I've talked mm-hmm. about our uh, receivers and uh, running backs. Um, I'm more nervous about the offensive side of the ball, ball and trying to keep up with a very high-octane offense, um, even with our good defense. Right. Um, but, yeah, we can absolutely well, make it, and I, I think we um, we have a, a better shot um, at being a – one of the highest caliber teams, and even the year we went undefeated during the regular well, season. Well, and let's look right now at the top teams in college football. So Alabama, then let's go several steps down uh, because – AP poll, I want you to know. I had to say, like, Dave, pull up the AP poll. But, yeah. you know, I know number two is Ohio State. Ohio right? State, um, yeah, Clemson and Notre Dame. Are the, They're the top four right now. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that, that's a good top – I mean, that's a good top four. Now, Notre Dame, have they played Stanford yet this year? They have. Yeah. yeah, and they actually blew them out. It was a close game for a while there, mm-hmm. um, and then blew them out. Uh, part of it is, you know, I don't think this is really credited at all to the win. You know, obviously it was right. a blowout. But Bryce Love did exit the game for a little bit, but it was a short period of time. I don't think it affected the game at all. Okay, so the good news is Notre Dame is in the top four. So it's Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Notre Dame, uh, followed by uh, LSU, Michigan, Texas, Georgia, Oklahoma, and uh, Central Florida. Oh, I forgot about Central Florida. And Florida, for some reason, is number 11 above Kentucky. So, but well, well <laughs> oh, all right. So let's let's go now. What what's the toughest opponent left for uh, Notre Dame on the schedule? Let me uh, let me pull that schedule up. That's a good question. Okay. You know, my mind always goes to USC. <laughs> Um, as it's, just by know, brand name alone, that screams like tough. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, obviously the USC's fallen off a little bit from the start of the season from where people thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. 
but we honestly, the tougher half of our schedule was the beginning of it. Mm -hmm. uh, we started out in Michigan, which is obviously, um, you know, a high-ranked team now. They've been playing good ball. Mm -hmm. um, uh, also, uh, you know, beat Virginia Tech by quite a bit um, on the road. Which was which was a great win, and then you know I just talked about we also beat Stanford by quite a bit too. So I'm looking at it right here. Um, I think Syracuse has potential to be a good game for you all. Is yeah, that at Syracuse or at South Bend? Um, so I think that's the at game Notre that's Dame. at Yankee. Oh, is that not the Yankee Stadium game? It's I know we Notre play Dame. somebody at Yankee Stadium. Um, honestly, Syracuse football scares me um, in a, in a bad way. You know, for for us, yeah. I mean, good for them, bad for us. I know they they played a really tough game with Clemson um, that, that I would I say could have gone either way uh, could have won or lost that uh, for them and um, you know whether you want to call them underrated or not I think they are a very scary team to play no matter who you are all right so let's go ahead and make our prediction who's going to be in the playoff this year Dave you first well I mean Alabama um, duh. Um, in terms of the list here, you definitely want to say Georgia, but then they fell out. So, um, I think Notre Dame definitely has the potential to get it. Um, I'd have to think about the other two spots real quick. Um, anybody have that AP poll up again? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have mine right now. Alabama. I want to go Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma is going to end mm -hmm. up. I'm I think Oklahoma is going to end up being there. I think Notre Dame will get one. I, I do just because to me they're going to be unbeaten, and the fact is you just you simply can't ignore that. Um, and you know they've played some solid teams, so I, I think Notre Dame will be there. The fourth spot, I'm going to give to Ohio State. I don't trust Ohio State though. Yeah, I don't either. I, I, I say I don't trust them. They've been blowing out teams. Yeah, they, they should have lost that Penn State game. Oh, I'll they, just say it. They should have no, lost. Oh, they easily. It was a ridiculous fourth down call. But, I can't believe they ran. But the ball. here's the thing, though: the Big Ten, Big Ten football is so fucking terrible. <laughs> it, it, it really is. It's so fucking terrible, mm -hmm. and they are the only really good team there. Their so, defense, I don't think, is going to get them to the no. Playoffs, it, it's their offense is what they're strong. Season. Right. I mean, and what what we think of Urban Meyer is one thing. I mean, he's a good coach too. So, um, but he just forgot. Yeah, he <laughs> forgot. Yeah, let's let's go with that. Yeah. So you got the schedule in front of you, sir? Is that the AP poll? LSU don't be a headache for other teams. Yeah, I 100% agree. All right. It's just, you know, it's going to be the same story again. I mean, I think Alabama's going to win again. And, you know, when, when's it going to get to that point where when's the dynasty going to end? And I think that's when mm -hmm. Nick Saban finally retires. And who knows when that'll be. So, <laughs> uh, but, well, all right. So yeah. enough. You know, we know we've all yeah. given our opinions on college football. Let's briefly touch on college basketball because it, it, right. it, it, it is starting this year. We have a basketball team, uh, <laughs> a very good one, if you haven't heard. All yeah. right, so obviously Dave and I root for Kentucky, Joe and Roots for North Carolina. North Carolina going to be solid again this year, just because Roy Williams is a good coach. That Mister Little, uh, he's going to be good. The, I, he, I was the, he was their he was their big recruit this year, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think he's like number two in the final ratings, yeah. but. Obviously, you know, we got Duke. I'm really eager to see how we play against them because uh, I'm really eager to see how Mike Krzyzewski can balance that roster because you've got, like, how many small forwards and power forwards you got to put in that line? <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah. I, I don't know. To me, let's talk. 
Kentucky, we know, is going to be good. I mean, because yeah. the fact is, Kentucky returned so many players. Yeah. And Reed Travis, although he didn't play at Kentucky last year, he's a four-year player at Stanford. Yeah. And he is built like a brick shit house. I remember so, watching the Bahamas game. You know, he's trying to get adjusted to that fast-paced uh, John Calipari offense. You can tell that he kind of struggled in a little yeah. bit because he wasn't so used to yeah. moving up and down the court so fast because, you know, they give him time to get set and then he'd score. But I think just that transition, he's going to have to get used to that because we saw him miss a lot of easy buckets. So hopefully um, it's just uh, it's a short-term thing and because he's a beast in the post. Uh, he plays He plays below the rim. He doesn't leap that high, but I think as a defender, he's a very intelligent dude. Uh, he Guarded pick and rolls extremely well, and I'm really eager to see what he has to offer. I, I agree. To me, it's going to be to me, it's going to be it's going to be them and Kansas. I think are the best two teams. Yeah, because Kansas returns a lot, mm-hmm. and you know, so to me, it's going to be it's going to come down to Kentucky and Kansas. Kentucky's schedule this year it's ridiculous. Like, yeah, my God, it's ridiculous. I mean, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, yeah. obviously Tennessee, which is going to be really good. We got twice. Twice. Yeah, I mean, our, I think we have the number one schedule. And Mississippi State won't be a terrible team either. I mean, yeah. I mean. Oh, SEC is going to be a very talented conference. I think they could be even better than the ACC. Oh, well, I mean, so. the ACC is very top-heavy is, yeah. is the difference. I mean, the mm-hmm. ACC has got some very good teams. Yeah. I'm going to turn to Job in here. Let's talk. I want to get your opinion. Obviously, we saw what happened with North Carolina last year. What do you think? The, what what is your expectations of the Tar Heels this year? Yeah, you know, I and you know, this may sound like the easy answer, maybe you know, half the story, but I feel like it's going to depend on how um, Cameron Johnson and Luke May and Kenny Williams you know, really step up. Are they all try back to this year? Are, some of they're these all back recruits. this year. They are. Yep. So they're all seniors, um, and I think you know, having them help um, kind of kind of guide and lead. Um, some of these recruits that we're getting in mm-hmm. is going to, you know, uh, dictate a lot of how our season goes. Yeah. And then, and, and, you know, them obviously meshing together, which is what always happens when you have some high caliber recruits yeah. come in uh, to a program. You could definitely argue that they're being extremely overlooked because of Duke right now. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, part of it is who isn't. But then you look at obviously the rivalry and things like that, um, yeah. them being so close as far as proximity being can, in the Carolinas. And, and, and can we all agree here we hate Duke? Can, yeah, can, absolutely. We all want Duke to lose. So. They're literally the Blue Devils. Why yeah. would you root for them? I, Why I, would you go to Duke? That's just <laughs> that's what I can't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're full of a bunch of dorks. God. <laughs> There's nothing fun about them. They live in a tiny-ass gymnasium. Yeah. And they call it, like, one of the best places in college. No, it's not. No. Uh, I'm going to say this right now. Allen Fieldhouse, Kansas, that's, that's a great place to watch. Yeah. I mean, that, that I, I've never been there, but you just look at that. Maybe we should there. drive there since we're going to Kansas this weekend. <laughs> drive to Lawrence. <laughs> I think, actually, we might go through Lawrence. Why not? Yeah, I think, actually, yeah. we, we kind of go through Lawrence to, to get to Manhattan. So just say we've been in Allen Fieldhouse. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So that's enough, that's enough of that. Uh, we're going to close out talking about some hot topics, just various stuff. Of course, typically I do Jay Bear's quote at the end of my podcast, but I know what the fuck these guys are. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever. So let's talk about hot topics. Obviously, a big one that's been in the news the last couple of weeks was the Brett Kavanaugh Supreme Court nomination hearing. Mm-hmm. He was confirmed to the Supreme Court uh, last week. Yeah, last week uh, by a 50-48 decision. Uh, obviously, it, it was a it seemed like a for sure fire thing. Just you know, it was going to be a close vote just because a lot of the Democrats were going to vote no. But then obviously, Dr. Ford 
uh, Chris Lavazzi Ford yes. or whatever that fuck her name is, uh, came forward with sexual assault allegations. I want to get your all thought on the process of what happened, and then do you think he should have been confirmed? Um. So this is going to be a tough topic, and I got to tread lightly on it because I don't want to say anything that comes off as very controversial because the subject itself uh, it kind of hit you from the side during yeah. the whole process came right at the yeah. end. Yeah. And, you know, just listening for the testimony. She was, she sounded very credible. Yes. She did sound very credible. I do think it, it's hard to say whether it was Brett Kavanaugh or somebody else at the end. Of the I was day. like, we don't know. That's the problem. We just don't have any facts that support it. Now, Brett Kavanaugh could have done it. But the facts weren't there, you know, presumption of innocence prevailed. And, um, you know, I, he was going to get confirmed one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the, the one thing that I don't understand is why they held off for so long to, I guess, tell the media about this accusation. Well, um, well, well and someone leaked it because she did not want to leak to the media. And whoever leaked that. Diane Feinstein. Yeah. Uh, to me, I mean, it's hard not to because she was the only one that had access to that letter. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I'm sorry. Something just doesn't seem right there. Yeah. And, I think there's, you know, say what you want about the pinnings, but, you know, and I believe in freedom of speech. And I think we have the right to protest, but sure. there's no need to harass like Republican or Democratic senators at like restaurants or their that, homes. That, that was going to be my next question. Yeah. You know, do, do you think it's okay to harass politicians when they're trying to eat dinner with their family? No, I don't. It applies to both sides of the coin. I mean, for both Democrats and Republicans, I mean, they're, they're normal day people like us. Yes, they have the power to confirm people, but you know, don't don't treat them like garbage. I mean, now in the political setting, yeah, you can protest them in DC, but don't do it in their own personal lives because they got family and kids around them, and you know, that is how would they? Feel? Well, and I, I tell people this all the time. They're gonna, you know, and I'm not saying a politician's different, but let, let's just say, you know, in Madison or anywhere. A guy's wearing a, a MAGA hat or wearing a you know a shirt that yeah. Soji supports Republicans, and a group of people start harassing him. What if that guy pulls out a gun? Yeah, and starts well, shooting and starts <laughs> yeah. shooting protesters. I mean, but the fact yeah. is that that will happen. Yeah, and, and you know it's one of those things. I wouldn't like, think of it that extreme, but well, yeah. I, well, I wouldn't think of a lot of things, but people are also fucking nuts. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, but look to me. I'm going to give my opinion on this, and I've never said this publicly. I've never made a Facebook post about it, um, but here's my opinion on the Kavanaugh situation. Yeah, I said just off his judicial process alone, I said confirm it. Yeah, because to me, I mean, it, it seems like everything. When the sexual assault allegations came forward, I said give her a chance to be hurt because I, I think she do deserve a chance. Now the extensions they kept giving her. After a while, I was getting annoyed by that because after a while, I'm like, look, either tell this woman, either you bring your ass here and talk. Yeah. Or, or that's it. And she came forward, and I applaud her for doing that. Here's here's the thing, and I'm not going to say she wasn't assaulted. But the problem is the story she gave, the fact is there is simply no evidence supporting her story. The witnesses she gave forward either said it didn't happen or they didn't re- or they didn't recall it. <laughs> that's that's the problem. Yeah. And. To me, when it came to that, and that's what Susan Collins said in her brilliant, her wonderful speech in the U.S. Senate. Mm-hmm. She said, the fact is, in this country, we are innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that is what we are based on in this country. Yeah, nothing can change that. Absolutely. Yeah. Nothing can change that. Yeah. That is who we are. So 
to me, that's why if I'm an, if I'm if I'm a U.S. senator, which is a very frightening thought to think about, um, I vote yes because to me, or I vote I, I should say, because yeah. I'm sorry. To me, I, I just I cannot simply do guilty until proven innocent. Now, if you have an issue with his with his, if you didn't vote, if you voted no on him because you didn't agree with his judicial record. Or because you're afraid he would be too partisan, that's fine. That's your right. It is more political because no. Chuck Schumer at the very beginning said that he was going to do everything in his power to and Bernie Sanders and, so, Ber- and Bernie Sanders. Um, but you know, I, I think Mitch McConnell unfortunately started this trend. Yep. And, you know, and he he's like, well, you have to look back at 1980. We don't give it, Mitch. We, we don't care, man. You know, you obstructed like the process. I mean. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, you look at it another way. You know, if the Democrats actually did win the presidency, then Mitch McConnell would be on the losing end. Well, well and, they still well, well, and that 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 was where you know whether we like Mitch McConnell or not. Which you live in Kentucky, so obviously, yeah. Which let me let me t- let me say something to anyone else right here. If you don't live in Kentucky, I'm sorry, I don't give a shit about your opinion of Mitch McConnell. <laughs> um, but because <laughs> at the end of the day, it's the people that go to Kentucky that vote for him. Yeah. But the fact is, Mitch McConnell had some balls doing what he did because he knew going forward, he said, hey, there's a chance Trump could lose the presidency. And then if that happens, you know, then Hillary's going to pick and then we won't be able to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he's he's been winning yeah. and it drives Democrats nuts. And I, I say, you know, you need to move on Kavanaugh and you need to focus on the Absolutely. Members. Yeah, absolutely. If you, you really want to make a difference, you got to win. If you keep focusing on Kavanaugh, you're going to you're going to lose. Yes. And that's going to be my next, you know, topic here. The midterms are coming up. My and the other thing is stop blaming, stop calling like the voters that didn't vote for you are like racist and misogynist. That doesn't help because you. you need those votes to yeah. win. Yeah. It's just what it is. So. Well, and, and, and that's going to be my, ne- my next question. You know, yeah. first of all, early voting is now open in Indiana. I've already casted my ballot. Okay. Um, first of all, can we all agree here? You need to vote. Everyone should vote. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone, absolutely. everyone should stop vote. complaining and vote because if you don't vote, you don't have a right to complain. Oh, I'm my, sorry, my friend Quinn. <laughs> my friend Quinn, who's a Democrat, he lives in New York. Yeah. He lives in New York City. He said something else. He said, "I don't care whether you vote Republican, Democrat, Libertarian." He said, "Vote though." He said, yeah. "We are one of the few countries in this world that gives you the right to vote." Yeah. So get your ass out there and vote. And you know what? If you want to do early voting, do that because that vote counts the same. That's what I do. what I do. I early vote all the time because to me, it's just a lot easier. I want to. I do want to ask you all this though. In the midterms, mm-hmm. I'm going to give my opinion, and then I want to know what you all think. Yeah, I think the Democrats do take the House. I, I just think the numbers pull them. I think the Republicans gain two or three seats in the Senate. What do you all think happens? You know, it's really interesting because I think the Democrats are basing on you know we're a lot of people are upset about Donald Trump's presidency, but. You know, it can almost be the opposite because the polling just was like a big middle finger in the 2016 election. Republicans won pretty easily. And, yeah. you know, I based on what I've seen, the way how people react to certain things is like, oh, can you believe he said that? I think people roll their eyes and vote Republicans. So for me, you know, I could be wrong. I, I think Republicans are going to retain the House and Senate. You think they're going to retain both? Yes. Oh, wow. Jovan, what do you think? Yeah, so it's interesting that you asked this. I actually had a um, lunch event on Tuesday where there was someone who was speaking, the first speaker we had, who worked on Capitol Hill for 
uh, a number of years for a long time. And uh, he's an economist, but basically, you know, he gave a lot of insight into kind of where things were at. If the Democrats gained, you know, X amount more seats that, you know, they still wouldn't be able to quite have enough of, you know, whatever it was we're talking about, say the house yeah. to then. They have to gain 23 seats to win the house. Right. Right. But, but basically, you know, if they don't gain, even if they gain um, the majority in the house, you know, if they don't get like a certain amount over that, then certain goals will probably most likely not be met that the Democrats want to yeah. reach. So yeah. um, a lot of, you know, me personally, and also what I was able to take away from that, you know, really helpful uh, seminar is that I think the Democrats uh, take the House, but not the Senate. It's the same with me. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know if necessarily that they gain a couple seats in the Senate, um, but I, I don't think that the Democrats take well, the Senate. I, I think Heidkamp loses her seat in the Senate, <laughs> and I think Joe Donnelly loses his seat. What is it that Democrats are going to have to do to appeal these voters? Because Barack Obama was able to appeal. Well, Barack, and remember, Barack Obama won Indiana in 2008. Yeah. And, and here's the thing I do. First of all, stop playing identity politics. Yeah. You've got to stop playing. you got to address issues because at the end of the day, people, middle class people, yeah. they want to talk about issues. They don't want to hear about, well, we want to talk well, about. He named called this person. Yeah, he named called this person. Yeah. Oh, he's a sexist. They're going to be like, no, fuck you. What are you going to do to help me? Like, like this PC culture, you know, like focus on that, the main that, issues. That, why do you think listen Donald, to your voters? Donald Trump, what is a product of anti PC culture? It's basically a lot of people's way of saying, you know what, we're tired of you, so we're going to put this guy in office. Yeah. And my God, not only is he anti PC, I'm pretty sure if I had said half the things he said growing up, I would have had to help him. That'd be my, my parents. Yeah. I mean, look. Yeah, I, to me, I think Joe Donnelly loses his seat because I think the Kavanaugh no vote sunk. Yeah. I, I really do. Heidkamp, I think, loses. I think Manchin retains his seat in West Virginia. The I vote on Kavanaugh helped him. And, and and he's actually more conservative than people think. Like, he's very pro-gun. He's pro-life. Um, and the other thing is, you know, the, there's a close race in Florida, Nevada. I, I don't know. I think they gained two or three seats in the Senate. But okay. That's my opinion. It, uh, it'll be exciting to see what happens because if Democrats do win, I'm really eager to see how they um, handle like Trump's yeah. proposed legislation. I, 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 I'm so. going to say this. If the Democrats win the House, and this is an if, if the first thing they do is try to impeach him, all you're doing is writing a campaign for Donald Trump 20. Well, think of it this way. I mean, the Republicans tried to do the exact same thing, Bill Clinton, and then everybody said, well, you all are the bad guys. And, and his know. popularity went up. Exactly. Yeah. Clinton, so, po- Clinton's popularity went up. So tread lightly on that. That's all, all right. I have to say. All right. Well, gentlemen, mm-hmm. it is going to be it's been fun doing this. Uh, haven't yeah. done one of these in a while. I love having guests on my podcast. I'll have to do another one some other time. Yeah, and thanks for having us, Jay Barrett. Not a problem. Maybe basketball uh, season comes around the corner. We can talk yeah, more about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's. I want to say this uh, real quick. A couple shout-outs. Hanover College women's soccer, currently ranked number 15 nationally. And that's that's awesome to see that. Uh, I haven't had a chance to see them that this year, but a uh, very, very good job by Coach Watts out there. Hanover football, currently undefeated in conference play as well. Wow. And, uh, you know, good to see that. Um, so congratulations to them. And uh, let's talk about, you know, one last quick shout-out to our brother, Brett. Man, he's going to be – Gonna be tying the knot this week, and that's a yeah. that's pretty incredible. You know, are we throwing him one hell of a bachelor party? 
or not. <laughs> Apparently, there's going to be cigars and scotch. That's okay. all I know. So I advocated for a roast, but that never went through. So, oh well. <laughs> My roast would suck. My roast would be like, all right, fuck face, you know, whatever. Just say words that doesn't make any sense. We, we, let's drink. So, yes, uh, very excited for him. We've got our uh, rental soccer mom mini minivan God, ready yeah. to go at seven thirty. Thank in the you, morning. Jay Bear. We appreciate that. My pleasure. <laughs> and uh, it'll be it'll be a meaningful weekend for us all. I agree. Uh-huh. Well, gentlemen. Until next time, all you all listening, thanks for tuning in. Thank you, listeners. Thank you. (laughs) All right. This has been the J-Bear Podcast. See you next time.